episode Loaded nine. Oh. Does he sit second, man? No, I don't I think he does. I think Kevin Keegan probably sits second. Oh, my God, what a <laughs> scandal. Austin Eckler versus the cards. Go and fuck yeah. the lot of you. <laughs> Austin Eckler. He's making me like I'm some sort of cameo. Like, I'm coming in and go, and out the bag, England to win. Hello and welcome to episode 20 of Loaded Sport, where today we are going to be reviewing the final week of the NFL regular season and all the FA Cup action that took place, including the FA Cup fourth round draw, where all four sides that the four of us support have made it at least into the draw, starting with the Derby County supporter, Sam, you all right? Oi, oi. Yeah, I'm good, mate, I'm good. I'm um, a little bit tired this uh, this evening as we record uh, stayed up a bit late last night watching the NFL, which obviously we're going to discuss a bit later on. And uh, <laughs> I'm a little bit battered, a little bit bruised from that. Uh, but yeah, Derby won, so that's uh, that's definitely something. Although I wouldn't have minded a, a loss in a, a cup run, but there we go. So yeah, all good from my side. Just a little bit tired. Extra funds in the uh, the kitty, always good to see. Um, moving on to a Sheffield United supporter. Hello, Kemp. Mr. Dawson, Mr. White, man with the mic. How are we doing? Oh, I thought it was coming back. I'm going to do that every single week, aren't I? Just for nothing. I'm all right, thanks yeah. yourself. Yeah, and it's not for nothing because one day it, it <laughs> may or may not come back. It yeah. might just surprise. It may, it may be. Him. It may be for something one day. It may be for something. Nothing <laughs> is never something. Um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm good, thank you, mate. How's yourself? Yeah, I'm not too bad, thank you. Um, and finally, Skin, uh, the Manchester United supporter. How are you doing? Hello, mate. Yeah, I'm all right, mate. How are you? I'm very good, thank you. Some, I was... some might say a bigger time supporter than you because you're never there and <laughs> oh, I've been to more games in your right. season. But it's yeah, really I feel, like, it's, I feel okay. like we're all getting introduced for the first time with the, the Man know. United supporter. The well, Man yeah. United, the Derby supporter. I'm just referencing the fact that if people are listening for the first time, they know you Fucking support Jesus. and that you're in the fourth round of the FA Cup. There we go. Love that. We're, look, we're picking up new listeners every week. So, uh, they're not going to be in fourth round at FA Cup when West Brom fucking <laughs> smash you at Hawthorne. Oh well, it moves <laughs> us on nicely to the first question that I've got. Uh, which I'm going to start with Skin for, simply because he was at the Chesterfield against West Brom game. Uh, aye, aye, aye. There was a controversial <laughs> situation in that game towards the very end where uh, Thomas Asante was judged to have used his elbow on the, uh, the, uh, the nose of Jeff King. Jeff King ended up leaving the field for treatment. People are saying VAR would have seen that as a red card. I'm going to agree, but I potentially have a bit of a biased view on that as well. Um, had VAR been used, had the facilities been available at the Technique Stadium, potentially that could have happened and the red card could have been there. He went on to score the equaliser a little bit later. There were other games that took place the same day, the day before as well, in, in the case of Manchester United against Everton, that because they had the facilities, VAR was used in the same competition. It opens up that question again. I'd like your opinion of it. VAR being used inconsistently throughout one competition. Uh, I absolutely don't agree with it, mate. Personally, I don't think that you know. Even as a Man United supporter, they benefited from the uh, the potential equaliser from uh, Dominic Calvert Lewin being overturned mm, yeah. due to offside, and then Chesterfield end up conceding in the ninety fourth minute because a foul wasn't given and wasn't able to be picked up by reviewing VAR. So, yes, certain stadiums have have got the ability to use VAR. But I don't think that it should be used in a competition where the other teams don't have that facility because some teams are benefiting from it, like Liverpool against Wolves. Wolves had a goal disallowed um, after a VAR check. And a team like Chesterfield, who 
were absolutely phenomenal on on that day. Like, like you said, I was there. They they were brilliant. You, you honestly would not have thought that that was a cup game and a national league team playing a, a championship team and one of the informed championship teams as you know as well. So yeah, I, I personally think it's very unfair. Is it a discussion that would potentially come up in the future? We never know, but you, you would have thought that that decision would have been made would have been made by now if it was going to change it. You know, lads, I don't know what you think. Yeah, with with your sporting championship and League One teams, if if you get sort of deeper into the competition and get knocked out by a decision that another team could have benefited from, well, we sure were in Premier League a couple of years ago, mate. So we've got VAR ready to go. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, yeah, I see where I see where you're coming from. I think probably the fairest way they could do it is just a blanket ban on VAR until the semi-finals. Yeah. I think, and then once it's in the semi-finals and it's at neutral ground, I think yeah. from that point on, use VAR. I think that yeah, that, I would, that would probably make the most sense. And just even if it is at Old Trafford, and you know, I know, I know the argument against it is both teams have got to benefit from that game. But if you like, you say if you're comparing a third round game to another third round game, as you just yeah, did, yeah, it I is completely unfair. agree with that. It is unfair. So I'm I'm fine with that. It, it, the, the same part of the same competition yeah if, if the semi-finals or even the quarterfinals if they go look it's you know four premier league teams are playing or four stadiums that have got that facility you can use it then absolutely fine but even with like var is only essentially a tv replay yes they might have certain technology for say offsides but yeah, we, yeah we've just all about we've angles seen, yeah we've all seen offsides on tv replays years before var because they show it back like you can you can clearly see within thirty seconds that he's thrown an elbow at Jeff King and, and took him out. Like Adam said, Jeff King's gone off the pitch. What thirty seconds later, he, he's headed it into the goal and, and scored. So surely on a TV replay, you can see that within sixty to ninety seconds, which isn't exactly loads loads longer than what it would take to you know check VAR. Then they have to review VAR and then you know potentially change the goal. So I don't really know what the logistics are when it is being recorded for TV and it's being streamed and people have the ability to check those things. I don't know, but yeah. The TV I, I, replay thing, it's something that, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's an understandable point you make, but it's kind of a moot point because they, they could have had the opportunity to make that, the VAR could have worked like that. Instead yeah. of doing VAR like that, they fucked about with it, sending it to Stockley Park for all these fucking 16 officials to get the payday and, yeah. you know, get get measuring tape out. But ultimately, you know, that's that's not what's going to happen. And I do agree with you in, in the main that if it's not going to be a factor in one tie, it shouldn't be a factor in the other ties. Yeah, I do 100%. agree. But at the same time, and, and this is just me playing devil's advocate and what the FA and whoever else will probably sort of come back to this argument in in the sense of is that would you rather all of the games have lesser officiating or some of the games have all of them i think i think because like it it or not because like it or not var for what it's worth in the the amount that it delays the game and whatever and the positive and negatives of it you get the right decision whereas in the chess you didn't get the right decision so what do you and this is me playing devil's advocate i agree with you but, you know, what do you say to somebody that says, well, hang on a minute, that could have happened in every game across the country. And if there were no VAR in any games, all of those games could have, you know, all of those teams could have been unjusted on that Chesterfield. I yeah, I, I just think, think I just think there has to be some kind of, you know, standardisation and uniform uniformity to it. There has to be either do it across the board or don't do it across the board. You can't have, oh, they've got VAR in their game, but they haven't got it in their game, but it's still in the same round. It's just, that for me, it's just messy, I think. Yeah. 
Um, so yeah, it's either all or nothing for me. I, I don't think there's anything wrong. We we, we got we got by 100 years. We had uh, we had VAR. I know I sound like a bit of a boomer saying that, but uh, everybody knows that we had VAR. The games tend to be more interesting. Um, so it, uh, for me, it'd be no VAR in, in any cup game. So EFL Cup or FA Cup, no VAR until the semis. Once it's on neutral ground, it, it's VAR from there on in. And you're right, I am probably for VAR to be uh, to be honest. I think the implementation of it's been poor, but I think I think they improved it after. Was it the Euros where they had it? Yeah, they, 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 well, they, they, I think no, after the Euros, 2018, was it, it the was, World Cup? Because yeah, the, and it was really it good at the time. In, when it first came in, it were a fucking oh, nightmare. Shocking. I remember it being an absolute nightmare. But since no, then, I think it, was... I think it when it first came in, Prem, it was shocking. When they first used the I mean. Champions League, that's and World what I mean. Cup, like it was decent. Yeah, no, no, no. That's yeah. what I mean. That's what I mean. So when it first came into the Premier League or into the English game, it was appalling, and we weren't running it correctly. So it, all in all, VAR, I think, is a net positive now. Yeah, yeah. I said that when it first came in, but you no, know, I, I do agree with you in the main that. Um, if you're going to have it in one tie, have it in, in all ties because then it's it's fair across the board. Definitely. Um, and you're not going to get that disparagement of, okay, well, this is a Premier League team or a team that has the facilities of VAR. They're going to either benefit or lose out because of VAR as opposed to a, a tie, you know, if they didn't have VAR in. Yeah, agreed. I agree. Oh, well, I agree, but I feel that there shouldn't be VAR. Like Sam said, we've managed for 100 plus years without it. I'm not a fan of it. Wait, so you don't stuff. think it should be VAR at all? No, not not just in the FA Cup. I don't think there should be VAR full stop. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Oh, oh wow. God, right. Okay, go on, that's a new go on, go on. Elaborate. I just carry on. I think that it, it makes the game two stop start. And I know I'm an NFL fan, so I'm kind of used to that. But I think for football, it's just a, a flowing sport, isn't it? You just get the game on with, and yes, yeah, sometimes um, decisions go for you. Sometimes they go against you. For me, it's just stay consistent without VAR. It ruins the game. Just let the game happen naturally. Like it has but the argument, but the argument with that, the argument to that is that the amount of times we were complaining about, you know, definitely goal line technology, hundred percent, and I know that's yeah, not man. the point you're making, yeah. but you know, the amount of times we've complained in the past, or fans have complained about the lack of use of technology in the game, and we before VAR we were miles behind, like you mentioned the NFL there yeah. for like replays and stuff like that. So tennis again, as well. What do you yeah, so so what do you say to that in the sense that, you know, um England, I think did they did England get a penalty in the in the Euros because of VAR? Yeah. Yeah, it was against they, France, they weren't it? Ref, ref did gear. That's, yeah, refting, that's what yeah. I mean. But that's, that's what, what I mean. So, so, go so where do you stand you. with that then? Decisions go for you and decisions go against you in football. And it's easy for me to now sit there and say, oh, actually, I'm going to retract that statement because it worked in our favour. There's also exactly. been times where VAR's worked against us, and that's not just as an England Fan, obviously. But would you it's rather not? Would you fan. rather not have the? Would you rather not have the accuracy? I think there's always going to be replays. There's, there's human error. Looked at. There's yeah, human, but there's always the going to be human, error, human in error. error. And I think sometimes yeah, there's been. Well, there's times... going to be human error, but then if you've got VAR, then that minimises human error. It, it minimises it, but there's still incidents where that happens. There was one not too long ago where the referee actually went to the screen and opted to go against the advice that he'd been given. So. There's always going to be that human error, regardless of whether there's a screen. It's just whether you want to delay the game to get to those sort of errors occasionally or whether you want to iron out any of that sort of stuff. I mean, there's times where we'll sit there and we'll talk about, I've been seen on Match of the Day or on when we're watching live games, that VAR's been silly and it, it's causing disruptions, it's errors, it, it's not... Yeah, but accurate. the amount of times that we were watching Match of the Day before VAR and we were saying, God, that goal were offside. 
God, that were a foul. God, that were that. But yeah. now, now we've got VAR. Yeah, there might be a 30-second minute, at very worst case scenario, maybe two minutes of delay of the game. But you're getting those right decisions and we're not coming to the end of the game and saying that decision were wrong, that decision were wrong, and that decision were wrong because we've got the help of technology. Would you not? I mean, I mean, <laughs> we definitely do get that. And, and you know, with, like but I it's, said, but it's, the, but it's VAR l- decisions, it's less. not referee decisions. Yeah, do you know what I mean? It's, 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 it's the human yeah. error decision. Yeah, it's definitely decreased, uh, but th- there'll always be that. Like like Ag says, there is still that human element in it where the referee still has to make the on-field call. So th- that that's always going to be there, uh, which I like personally because you know it's we're not it's not robotic. Um, yeah, no, I'm not saying I want a referee, ro- you know, a, a robot referee in the game. But what I'm saying is, is that you know, if 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 the referee makes a mistake, the VAR will say, go and have a look at that one. Yeah. Or, on, I don't do think that hurts, though, does it? Bit... To go in a second, go in a second opinion, no, that see what you think. Yeah. No, that doesn't hurt. I, that, that's what I think the best system is. I would never want to see a robot making all the decisions and the referee's just there to blow his whistle and tell, him what, tell us what they are, like the middleman. He's yeah. got to make those decisions, but if it is a clear and obvious error, I, I can't see why you wouldn't want that technology in the game, especially when it's, you know, it's fair. It's fair at the end of the day. Mm. Yeah. I, I think it takes a lot away from what the game used to be like and I know you're going to say it's better but there's still times that we'll sit here and you're say you're just a fucking VAR's dinosaur wrong. pal I, am, I think yeah. I I'm very awesome Adam, I honestly think that if you and, and again and we've talked about your love of Chesterfield but I think if you supported a, a club that had had use of VAR and had maybe. utilised VAR I think your opinion would have been different maybe, yeah, maybe I'm a so. Sheffield United fan we, we lost against Villa if you remember, or we drew, I can't remember, but that goal, goal line drew. technology, when it crossed no, the it. line, it crossed the line. Goal line technology wasn't working. They went to VAR and they didn't, and they didn't go to VAR. That pissed me off more than anything else because you've got it there, use it. And, you know, I'm a Sheffield United fan. I should be against VAR for that reason, but I'm not because overall it helps the game. Yeah, and like you say, if I'm a Premier League supporter or, or championship or my team's got VAR to their disposal, then maybe I'll have a different opinion on it, but... As it stands, I'm very much against it. Right, moving on to other news that was released earlier on this week. It was that of former Everton and Wigan manager Roberto Martinez taking over at Portugal. from Belgium. Belgium, yeah, of course. I was moving on to say stepping down from Belgium to move on to Portugal. (laughs) Um, So we're going to start... I think he stepped down, mate. I think he got signed. (laughs) I think they booted him out. Mutual agreement, weren't it? I think after he ruined their golden generation, I think they fucking kicked (laughs) him to the curb. Sam, take it away, Buster. There you go, to you, Sam. Well, Kemp Kemp's just literally a nail on head, Antis. How has he he landed that gig, first of all? What um, what accolades? Who's his agent? Who's his agent? It's... um, like that, uh, Julian Faubert must be a move up to Real Madrid that time. <laughs> must be sharing the same agent. It must be. It's a, it's a, it's an head scratcher. I must admit. I mean, he's he held on to that Belgium job for about five years too long. Ruined an absolute generation of world class footballers. Who and, said? Was that you, Kevin? Who said Southgate esque? Who said that then? Iterated <laughs> <laughs> with the best mates out there. What, even Southgate's better than him. Clip that. <laughs> <laughs> uh no, that's 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 pretty much it, isn't it? I just I can't see how we uh, can't see how he's managed to get that job and I've got <laughs> I'm not holding much much hope out for Portugal going forward, but how he deals with the how do you reckon how do you reckon he'll deal with the Ronaldo situation? Because obviously last time we knew for Portugal, Ronaldo were kinda be, be being shown the door. Do you reckon he's gonna 
Well, um, Jack is going to bring it back I'll, into the fold, or I'll, I'll answer that question for you, mate. It was announced earlier today that um, by default, Ronaldo is new, the new assistant manager of Portugal. So uh, it, it was him that announced it, and he's the only one that's uh, claiming that title. <laughs> but, yeah, I think I'm he sees, it. Yeah, I think he sees Martinez as a in potential uh, soft spot. In, in serious news, I, I did hear today that. Um, Roberto Martinez has actually picked up the phone to every single player in the Portugal squad and and had a conversation with them about what I'm not quite sure. Maybe he's just probably reassured him. Got the job. <laughs> yeah. yeah, maybe he's justifying his credentials and why he got the yeah. job. But Ask him yeah, for tea. it's just like you say, Sam, you, you've hit the nail on the head. It's it's a head scratcher. It's not, you know, it's funny for us because we're you know, yeah. we if I were Portuguese, Portuguese, I'd be fucking fuming. But but yeah, you look at that, you look at the fact that they've got they have got a decent, you know, young crop. We saw a few of those players sort of bursting through at the World Cup, but it, it you know it, it just wasn't quite enough at the time. And I don't know, it's it's a very strange appointment. And I, I don't understand how the Portuguese Football Association or whoever whoever made the decision on this looks his his reign as Belgian manager and thinks, yeah, well, I have some of that. I, I don't quite understand that. I don't quite understand how they've come to that decision. Um. I'm completely behind you on this one. I'm not going to argue it. I think that it's a poor decision from Portugal to to hire him after his past. Not been very good with Belgium, to be fair. I don't think he did that good with Everton or, no. or Wigan. He got him first fair. time. He's been with them twice, hasn't he, Everton? Um, I'm not sure. I thought it was no. just the once. No, I don't no. think so. Just been, oh, okay. Yeah, just been there once. He won the, you've also mentioned in the, um, in the previous show, Wigan winning the FA Cup and then getting relegated. I believe he oversaw yeah. saw that. Yeah, um, he did. And then he uh, he went to Everton, had a bit of a lacklustre time there, went to Belgium, had a piss-poor time there. And and now he's got the Portugal job. Just another one of the managers where you'll sit there and think, how do they keep on getting jobs in football? There we go. Mark Hughes-esque. <laughs> yeah, very much the same. Um, other news announced earlier on today, at the day of recording, earlier on today, is the retirement of Gareth Bale. Um, and I think this is going to be an interesting one to move on to because of comments that we've made in, in chats earlier that will become more apparent as this uh, this conversation goes on. So he started sure. his career at Southampton in 2006. He had the youth uh, set up, to be fair, he was part of the youth set up. If you remember, Southampton got relegated to League One. He was part of that side along with the likes of Theo Walcott that helped he was banging get in belting free kicks. Absolutely, to get themselves back into the Premier League. Then went on to Tottenham where he scored 42 goals in 146 games before making the trip across to Real Madrid, where he scored 81 goals in 176 appearances. A brief loan spell back at Tottenham, saw 11 goals in 20 games, before ending his career in LA. For Wales, he has scored 41 times in 111 games. Now, the question was raised earlier, and Skin, I'm going to come across to you first for this one. Um, Is he the greatest British player to play overseas? Um, in terms of what they've achieved overseas for the time they played there or just the best player that See, happened to play overseas because I think they're different things. Thank you. That, that, it's open to interpretation. For me, it's the best player. The best player. Uh, I think it'd be hard to argue. I, I'm a massive fan of Gareth Bale and I think I think for his faults, he, he was underrated and I know he achieved a lot. I know he had some phenomenal moments and I know, especially when he was at Tottenham, that first run, to, you know, that last season before he went to Real Madrid, he got his plaudits, he got his flowers and all that kind of stuff, but he was an unbelievable player. He he 
had a hand in two of those Champions League wins that he had. He, you know, a direct hand in that. He scored that famous goal against Barcelona in the Copa del Rey final where he knocked the ball about 30, 40 yards in front, <laughs> run off the pitch to get round his, the marker and, and obviously then um, scored in Ruined the near Mike post. Khan's career, retired. Yeah, <laughs> he did retired him, did he? Yeah, he did. But I, I think he was a phenomenal player personally. I, I've he, He's done it all. He's won it all other than sort of the Premier League, but he played for Spurs while he was there, so that's never going to happen. Um, I, I don't think anyone can fault him. I know... You know, Kemp, you give him a lot of stick for taking a wage and, and being average and all that kind of stuff. But I, I I think you'd be hard-pressed to convince me of him being a phenomenal player. He achieved everything that he needed to achieve. He did what he needed to do when he was healthy. He he was an absolute superstar in that Welsh setup. He he carried them and, and led them through the, the toughest time that that country has ever been through. Uh, from a sporting aspect, what tougher than what most countries will ever go through with with the passing of Gary Speed, um, and he he never he never came across as someone that felt he was too good to be a part of that team or a part of that setup. Which loved it, he didn't he? Loved it. Yeah, he quite, yeah, he quite could he quite easily could have done that, but he he led them. He 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 brought those players up to his level. He inspired them. He motivated them and. For that, honestly, you'll you'll never catch me faulting him for for what he did, how he presented himself, and what he achieved in his career. But in I terms think, of answering your question, you, you can't argue about him being the most successful British player to to ever play abroad. And in terms of pure ability, I would have to agree. Beckham is probably in the conversation, but I would I would take Prime Bale over Prime Beckham personally. Yeah. I think there's a, a comparison there, to be fair. And you mentioned he, he was a superstar in that Welsh team. I mean, to be quite honest, I think Tom Jones would have been a, a superstar in that Welsh team at the last World Cup. That's a fair shout. shame his football ability is not as yeah. good as his singing ability. Well, I think, uh, to be honest, I think he'd have probably played better than a lot of those players at the World Cup because they were, they were absolutely diabolical. And Bale was part of that, let's not forget. Let's not just remember the good times. Oh, they were terrible. And that's, and that's my sort of thing with Gareth Bale in the sense that very, very talented player. Now, at his peak, I would say he was probably the best British player ever at his peak. Fucking um, bold. At his, at, his very, at his very, very peak. Now, he was definitely the best British export. There's no question about that. I think, yeah, I and, agree with that. I've, I've sort of <laughs> I've, I've had an ongoing joke with a few of my friends about um, Gareth Bale and I've, we've had arguments about it because they call him the British GOAT, the greatest British player of all time. And the reason that I just cannot get on board with that, and I think that's absolutely bollocks, is the fact that he was so inconsistent and he got off to such a slow start in his career and then he got off to such a pitiful end of his career. The middle bit was great, but the Yeah, but that was, was a large middle bit, though. Was slow. Yeah. Well, it wasn't really, was it? Because he had, what did he have, two years at Spurs where he was brilliant, you know, absolutely groundbreaking and, and game-changing in the last two years he was at Spurs. Got his big move to Real Madrid and then probably for four years, five years at Real Madrid, tops. It was in the first team all the time, scoring in Champions League finals in those big moments. You know, he, let's be honest, only contributed really to two of the Champions League medals that he's got. But, oh, fuck you know, it out. Yeah, what pro- it is. proper average player then. Well, I, I didn't <laughs> say he was average, in bad, did I? When did I, say, when did I say I was average? He was average. <laughs> but you're downplaying his ability or his success I'm not, because I'm, he I'm, only I'm contributed to two Champions I'm League down, finals. No, no, fucking no, 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 hell. no, If you put Adam in that Real Madrid team, they still win five Champions Leagues. Let's not get that twisted. Okay. Right? okay. okay. You could put, I can't, again, I'd love to see Aggie pull Jones. off that overhead kick. I'll go back to Tom Jones and say that they'd win at least four Champions Leagues if Tom Jones were in it, you know, instead of Gareth Bale. 
But ultimately, like I said, he was a fantastic world-class player at his peak, you know, his peak powers. But it's 2023. He's 33 years of age, right? In 1992 or 1993, for example, retiring at 33, that's pretty fair game. You know, fair enough. Well done. Good career. In 2023, that's unforgivable. And for me, in the last five years of his Real Madrid career, he's, he's took a wage. He's not being. He's not giving a shit about his legacy. He's not giving a shit about playing at top level. But all he doesn't owe that to anyone. All that I think, bollocks. I think mate, unforgivable is a bit, a bit strong. All bollocks, mate. All that yeah. bollocks about what golf, Wales, Madrid, mate. You're picking up a fucking six figure. You're picking up a six figure wage. What's wrong with you? So, mate, if you yeah. were picking up a six figure wage to live his life, you'd fucking snatch your hand off like the rest of us, or like any. Yeah, that's not. A, that, to be fair, to get that's, that's the point he's making. I know, but it's like you can't slag him off for that. I am slagging him off for that because he, he did nothing to cement his legacy as the best British player well, maybe, ever. But he, not he everyone's interested there. in that. Well, that's fine. He, he won trophies. Maybe he's I'm not, not saying maybe... he was interested in that, mate. I'm not saying he was interested in that. What I'm saying is, if you want to be regarded and if people are going to talk about him like that as the best British player of all time, then you need to fucking work for it. And if you're not going yeah, to work for it, if you're going to sit on golf course, then you're not going to get it. It's not I'm like not he's retired today. It, but I'm, I'm, I'm arguing what, against what, people saying he's the best British player of all time or the best, you know, best career of all time or whatever. He hasn't. He was good for two years at Spurs, maybe five years at Madrid, and and that's it. And he was at his peak. But apart from those two years at, at Spurs and apart from those five years at Madrid, he was pitiful. That return right. to Spurs in the Premier League when he was what thirty-one when he returned to Spurs, he was absolutely crap. He scored 11 LAFC, goals in 20 games. In the L- at the LMS. What was that, MLS, what was that Adam, mate? He scored that, 11 goals in 20 games on yeah, that mate, return. Well, how many did he score in the Premier League? How many did he score in the Premier League? I'm not sure the breakdown. Oh, right. Are you not? Oh, interesting. No, that. but he scored in um, over half the appearances that he how many, made. How, how, many did he score, how many did he score this last season at, L- at LAFC? Uh, two in goals in 12 games. How many? Two goals in 12 games. In the MLS. Yes. Think about that. Let that sink in. 33 years of age. So, again, peak of his power. Absolutely brilliant. Best British player of all time at his peak. But you can't say he was. He had a, a fantastic, unbelievable career start to finish because he didn't. And you can't say that, you know, people saying he's the best British player of all time, you know, goes down in history. What a load of bollocks. Yeah, I'm so like, I'm like, going to put my 50 pence worth in here. So, and then um, I'll, I'll put mine in. So I agree to certain extent what, what Kemp's put in and disagree with some of the things he's said as well. Um, I, I don't think at any point in, in the peak of his power he's been the greatest bit British player of all time. So I'm just going to put that out there. That, that will be Wayne Rooney for me. I think the consistency... Okay, Wayne now Rooney don't had, say that. You'll trigger Kemp <laughs> even more. The, the consistency Wayne Rooney had over, over that amount of time. It, it, do you know, what, do you know what's interesting, right? Is I'll go on about how I think Rooney was overrated, right? Wayne Rooney had a better, much better career than Gareth Bale. 100%. Far Mate, better. I'm, I'm not, I'm not, the fact that you say best Wayne Rooney's best British players, your opinion is irrelevant. In terms of best British... Mate, shut up. I mean, in terms of best British players of all time, right... Rooney is way higher than Gareth Bale yeah, in that record. Hundred percent, way higher. Hundred so percent. But then, when know? I hear things like, "I think Gareth Bale's been underrated," I, I kind of take a bit of umbrage with that to an extent. So, uh, as you say, five times Champions League winner, four time FIFA Club World Cup winner, three times Spanish champion, three Super Cups, one Spanish Cup, Spanish Super Cup, and then, if I'm being honest, I think what the most impressive cup of, of his entire collection is was the League Cup. For Tottenham Hotspurs because they haven't yes. won a fucking bean. Since. I agree. That's probably that's, that's, that's <laughs> one he probably grafted artists for. <laughs> so I think that was uh, probably his most impressive cup. Um, so yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I don't think you can say he's been underrated. Um, I don't. 
it's just difficult to say because in that Madrid Madrid side they had that many good players. It was it was disrespected. I think is the word I'd go for, yeah. for by by the Madrid fans more than anything and the in the, yeah. in the Spanish media. I'd say more disrespected than anything else. But um, yeah, definitely agree with the best British foreign export playing abroad in terms of quality and success. But in terms of the greatest greatest Britain of all time, I have to put that down to Rooney and I'd probably put George Best second. Now, people are going to come at me and say, you know, you've never even seen him play. It's not the point, is it? It's, we, everyone's seen clips for him. Everyone's seen how successful he was. He was an absolute magician. Um, so, yeah, that would be my order. I'd probably put, maybe I'd put him third, but he's not, uh, he's not number one for me by any stretch. Can I just quickly jump in? Because I have got a question to Kemp. And Kemp, I promise you 100% this is a genuine question for genuine discussing this is not in any way, shape or form to try and cause an argument or just to get a reaction or anything at all. Okay. Mm -hmm. So please take the question seriously and answer it as best you can. So Mm -hmm. what you've always said about Bale and and one of the things that you led with in your argument um, back at me then was about how he's retired at 33, the peak of his powers played in the MLS played um, in for Tottenham again at 31. And it was a lot about how he didn't push himself. You, as you mentioned there yourself, say Wayne Rooney is is overrated. And I'm sure you will admit you are in the vast minority of having that opinion. And in discussions in our group chats where we've always gone back and forth about whether it's me and you, you and Tina, us as a group, you've always gone towards how he didn't look after himself, how he could have been better, he could have done more. And you bring Ronaldo about how he looked after himself and things like that. So taking a step back and looking it outside in, do you think that your opinion on players and their legacy quite a bit of that is based on how they look after themselves throughout their career and how they push themselves and how they you know strive for look like they're striving for greatness like a Ronaldo like a Messi because it depends on the context it depends on the context I think top line there there's two players there that a lot of people will rate very very highly some more than others and you know a, a lot more people will agree with you on Bale than agree with you on Rooney but you're sort of not necessarily leading arguments, but one of your leading arguments for both is about how they push themselves throughout their career. So do you think there's quite a big link there in terms of where you, your opinion on a player and how they push themselves to their limit through their career and certainly towards the later stages and where they end their career and how they end it? Yeah, because ultimately I'm not having to go at these players specifically and it might sound like I am. I'm having to go at the people that are saying these players are, are, are better than they are or in my opinion, better than they are. You know, Gareth Bale, in terms of looking after himself physically, you know, he, he still looks like a, a, a bit of a machine and he, and he looked like a machine when he was playing in Los Angeles. And, and that's not really something I can dig Bale out on. And that's what I mentioned in terms of depends on the context. Because Bale, at the, again, at the peak of his powers when he was scoring over a kicks in Champions League finals against Liverpool, you know, that player, he looked unstoppable. And if he'd have just applied himself mentally, probably even more than physically at that point, and tried to maybe rebuild those relationships that he, you know, burnt with the, with the media and with the fans, and tried to sort of embrace the culture a little bit more, rather than holding up flags saying, you know, Golf Wales, Madrid in that order and whatever, all that bullshit. That was a, you know, that was a stupid think, thing from to do. But I think if he if he tried to embrace a little bit more of that. I genuinely think we'd be in a situation now where, where if he wasn't playing for Madrid, he was still playing at top level. And when you talk about Rooney, the the argument and the annoyance that I've got about Wayne Rooney is that he had more talent than Cristiano Ronaldo. And I think there's been quite a few people in the Man United setup that have said that, that they've said, you know, in terms of pure talent, pure potential, 
Wayne Rooney yeah. have more than Cristiano Ronaldo. But what annoyed me about Wayne Rooney, and not the same as what annoys me about Bale, but similar, is Wayne Rooney could never keep it together. He was a lot of the time he was overweight. He was smoking on holiday in the off season, you know, before preseason starts. He would always like to drink, and that's not a problem, you know. If that's how you want to live your life, brilliant. You know, if I were a footballer, I'd have a pint from time to time. Don't get me wrong, but I can't, in all good conscience, sit there and and watch people say such amazing things about these players when, in my opinion, they've got a lot of potential that they left on the table purely because they didn't want to commit themselves either physically like Rooney or maybe mentally and, and you know, in communication standpoint like Gareth Bale. And that's my biggest, you know, grievance with, yeah. with both arguments. And I get that. But again, for me, like, yes, I, I, I suppose I kind of understand that, but if, if Rooney wants to have a pint, if Rooney wants to smoke, like he's entitled to do that. And I'm not saying that you're yeah, saying he's not entitled to do that. But yeah. it's not like he had a shit career because of I that. never said he's had a shit it, career. I never he, said he'd had a shit career. He's top United scorer, he's top England scorer for a bit. But, like, he, but, I never, but I never ever said he'd had a shit career. What but I'm how saying can you is, say he's overrated based on his achievements can, just because he didn't I look after himself as much as you why. thought he could or should have? I can, well, no, it's not as much as I thought. There's a, there's a well, you know, widely... Um, you know, thought opinion. No, no, I'm not saying it's it's just better. you specifically. No, it's not just me specifically. I'm having a conversation with you. I know, but you, you're mentioning everybody, what everybody else thinks. Well, now I'm going to bring in what everybody else thinks because you've done that for the past, you know, 10 minutes. So I'm going to do that now in the sense that there's a, there's a widely regarded opinion that if Rooney would have looked after himself better, he would have definitely had a longer career. And when I mentioned that he's overrated, you know, the reason I say that is because you mentioned there, oh, he was top Man United scorer for God knows, oh, top England scorer. How many games has Harry Kane played for England? It's what, 60? 65? Rooney's played 120 games for England and scored 53 goals. Now, that's great. You know, it's, it's a good achievement. You know, well done. You know, top class player. But he had a long, long time to do it. And Gareth, uh, Harry Kane is pretty much there or thereabouts in a lot less games. So it's all right saying, you know, oh, top scorer this, top scorer that. He started when he was 16, you know. So he had a good, you know, 10, 15 years at it, even though he didn't look after himself. So his goals to game ratio, if you look, and I've shown you this before, he's nowhere near everybody else's in, you know, top scorer-wise in the Premier League. And that's why I say he's overrated because, yes, he's got a lot of goals. Yes, he did a lot of good things, but he had a damn long time to do it. And if he'd looked after himself, he'd already had a longer time to do it. Well, he must have looked after himself in some respect to get 120 caps for his country and do, have a no, long time to achieve what he did. I'm not saying he didn't look after himself did. at all. I'm saying he didn't look after himself in the way that a top professional does and that would have let him reach his full potential. See Cristiano Ronaldo as an example. Ronaldo is an absolute bellend these days, and he always pretty much has been. But you can't knock his work rate and, and his discipline. And Rooney never had that. And yes, it was a generational talent, absolutely brilliant. But again, in my opinion, always feel like he's, he's left something on the table. Yeah, I mean, we could talk about it all that, couldn't we, and go back and forth. But there's there's that argument for everything, isn't there? You said about Ronaldo and his work rate, but he's thrown his legacy away with what's happened over the last three months. So ultimately, in the few years' time, depending on what happens next, no one's going to care about his work rate. They'll see the interview. They'll see how he left United. They'll see that he he said he could he would only play for a top top club and he'll go to Saudi Arabia. So that work rate they will, but they will, but they will also see, but they will also see the fact that he's probably top two or if not top three, one of the best players of all time. 
Rooney will never be regarded in that conversation, ever. I think right. um, we could talk about this all night, yeah, don't we? I think we're moving <laughs> away from uh, the Gareth Bale. Either way, Gareth Bale's retired. There we go. Uh, let's move on to discuss uh, the locks and the wild cards from this past weekend, then, the FA Cup competitions. Yes, let's. Why don't we? So, starting with the locks this week, um, just looking at now, about middle of the road. So, Skin, you picked um, you picked Leicester, and of course, uh, they got the win. Uh, Ag, you, I'm going to, I'll skip that one and come back to that one. <laughs> yeah, uh, save that for the end. Yeah, let's. So, I had Spurs, obviously, they beat Pompey at home. Well, it was 1 0, I think. And Kempe, oh, Kempe, Kempe, Kempe. He uh, he went for Villa, I bless him, at home against Stevenage. So, um, I just want to check just in with you on that one. I fucking break, mate. I just cannot catch a fucking break. <laughs> I, was, I, I was talking to you, I think, when Villa scored their first goal. You well, was. their only goal. And uh, I was I was absolutely buzzing. I thought, finally, one of my locks is going to come in. It's brilliant. And then I was cooking tea. And in the next room, I heard, oh, Stephen, as you've scored. Oh, 90 seconds later, Stephen, as you've scored oh, again. And to be honest with you, at that point, I, I was actually celebrating Stephen, who's scoring. Because <laughs> yeah, that's still it. Fucking that it. <laughs> so I was like, fuck it. You've lost me my lock. So fucking suffer, you bastards. Yeah. Yeah, I thought I was bad at picking locks, but that's uh, that's it. That's an impressive one, that. And then last, and and definitely least. Just wait, just wait, just wait, just yeah. wait before you get into that, because you mentioned there about you thought you had it bad. I am a little bit disappointed that you've just brushed over the fact that you got a lot right. I feel like that's a momentous occasion. You've, yeah, you're right. It, to be it, fair. You said your New Year's resolution was to get one right. <laughs> I said my bold prediction is that you'll get it around April, and you've done it at the first attempt. So I think that needs to be acknowledged and celebrated. Yes. Thank you for yeah well bringing done, that up. Mate. I had to kind of paper over it because it was a matter of Tottenham being at home to Portsmouth. So it should have been mate. a formality. Don't matter, yeah. mate. It should, as I say, should have been a formality. Should have been exactly. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And last and least is Ag <laughs> picking Forest away at Blackpool. Lowly Nottingham Forest, who have struggled all year, have got to travel away to a cup competition that they're probably not going to need to worry about because they need to concentrate on the Premier League. He decided he'd back them as his right. lock. So, as a, let me just, let me <laughs> right. just, before you get a word in, mate, I'm gonna, I'll let you see. So, 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 can I ask a question, which well, will lead into nicely, I know, and smoothly to what you're about to say. Please, could you remind me, Kem, Aggie, and the listeners, yeah. what the definition yeah. of a lock that's is, a, please? That's ex- funny enough, that's exactly what I was about to say. So, just a reminder, a lock is something, if you had a gun to your head, if your life depended on it, if you were to back put your mortgage on a single result, bear in mind, the whole FA Cup, League One, League Two, he had it all to choose from. And they picked Forest away at Blackpool. We all jumped on him. And, be, and before we do jump on him again, I think let's just go round the table very quickly. Dawson, your lot was Leicester, right? Correct. Gun to head. Everybody agrees there. If you go Leicester. Yeah. 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 Come Villa, gun to head. You agree? Yeah. yeah. I would have backed. Yeah. 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 You want? Yeah. yeah. Spurs. Spurs home against Spurs, Pompey. Yeah. Yeah. Home yeah. against Pompey. I tried to pick Spurs. Forest, anyone? Absolutely not. <laughs> Absolutely not. Not. So, not, not my not a gun to me. I definitely not. Jesus Christ, honest. So yeah, right. Maybe, right. But... I'm going to tell you. Yeah, I'm going to tell you why I went Forest. Right. Go on. Go on. Go on Before Aggie, this game, yourself. Blackpool had hadn't won in their last nine games. Okay. Right. And they okay. sit inside relegation of the Championship. Nottingham Forest before this game. Yep. Had lost just one in their last four, right? That okay. was three 0 to Man United. They beat sec- uh, third in the championship. Sorry, Kemp. Third in the championship. Blackburn four one away from home. Two right bit in the EFL Cup. 
They beat. Uh, they drew one-one okay. at home to Chelsea, and they beat Southampton one-nil away from home. So in the last right. four games, they lost one, and they were going up against a side that hadn't won in nine. So can I just quickly interject, just very, very quickly? So they drew against Chelsea, who are piss poor at the moment. Can't get a fucking, can't organise a piss up in a brewery. They beat Blackburn in the Championship League below them. Is that right? So a Blackpool. Yeah. And they beat Southampton, so who won. Probably the only Premier League team worse than Forest. Yeah, who've won what? One game in right. six? Your Blackburn comment is irrelevant because Blackpool are also in the division below them. Who's However, an elephant? They're about, 15, <laughs> fuck off. they're about 15 positions below where no, but Blackburn are. You're saying are. Oh, they've, they've, won, they've won three in fucking four or whatever you're saying. <laughs> no, they're not. all fucking shit teams, <laughs> man. I'm saying that they've lost one in the last four, right? They drew okay, they drew one. <laughs> no, they won two think, of those three. I just think you, you, you're waffling. Well, they've lost two now, cunt. You're I waffling think... because what uh, what I reiterate to you is what a lock should be. Yes, now, this com- isn't this isn't just you, oh, let's predict, I'll predict a winner. It's something that you're banking yeah, yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your, your logic with on. picking Forest to win is not an issue. Yeah, the issue not, is you yes. picked Forest as your lock. Yeah, that, that, that it's not flawed. Your logic isn't flawed, right? So I'll, I'll give you that. It's the fact that you've picked it as a lock. Your lock, you're misunderstanding what the lock is. I would still say the Villa pick, what Kemp had, was a far stronger pick than what you picked. And I agree. That that lost. I agree. And but they were up against Stevenage. Aside, was that three divisions below Stevenage League Two? Yeah, League yeah. Two. Yeah, but three that's divisions a lock. below. That's, yeah, but that's, that's the lock, point. Mate. That's the point. Yeah, that's no. So, so you've gone for a side that's doing better than Forest, granted. Against a side that I think the second or third in League Two at that as well, so they're in form as well. I've gone for they're Forest. in League Two. Yeah, but you're not getting my point. Forest was a. I am getting your point. You're not getting the point. That are near Mate, the bottom no, of the no, league. No, 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 no. That have lost. One person is not getting a point. It's you not getting a point, right? You're not getting the point of the lock is literally the most fucking secure result you can possibly yes. find. No, in I'm aware. Calendar. Skin mentions it every week. Sam mentioned it not five well, why minutes you ago. Fucking follow it I then? know what it fucking means. <laughs> we have to I say it every week because you can't pick it most outrageous fucking result no, for your luck. No, That's why I, I am not week. having that. I've had one week where I've picked not a it. very bad one and you're coming at me like it's every week. No, it's not. Like, this doesn't happen to me yeah. every week. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. Fair enough. But uh, still, we're not letting you off the hook for that one. So you can you can try and defend it as much as you want. It's it's a poor pick, and Makes it will always be a poor pick. Okay. So moving on. Points in our tracker, to be honest. That's what I think. I, I can't wait for Aggie's pick on Thursday now. Oh, it's got a lot of pressure riding on this one. So moving on. So um, scorers. Uh, I can't lie, lads. We didn't do too hot with this one, bar skin. So. Uh, Skin pick Marcus Rashford, who obviously backed oh, against... Uh, right at the death. Right at the death against Everton. It looked for a minute like Bruno were about to snatch that penalty from you. I bet you were sweating on that, weren't you? Yeah, when, uh, when obviously, Garnacho were down and then, like, whistle blew, yeah, yeah, it yeah. Did, there was probably about 30 seconds where they didn't show who had the ball in their hands, and I was absolutely shitting it, because, yeah, naturally, I Bruno was going to it, yeah. And then it, the camera cuts Rashford with ball in hand. I was like, thank fuck for that. Come on, lad. Am I right, and, uh, in, uh, I'm right in thinking that was Rashford's first penalty since the Euros? Um, quite possibly, yeah. yeah. Sure, there has been taken of an, yeah. and Ronaldo, but yeah, lads in fine um, form scoring from open mm. play. And uh, you, you've uh, you've brushed on him there. So speaking of Garnacho, that was uh, Mr. Kemp's pick. Um, Bobby's rules think... and he bags that penalty. I'm not going to lie. I'm I'm still fuming <laughs> about that one as well. I'm as fuming about that as I am Milok. 
But no, to be fair, I followed the logic of I thought Ten Hag was going to rest players. You've got a very busy schedule coming up, Man United. So I thought Nacho would have probably been, you know, a threat <clears> up top with not that many other starters there. But he played a pretty strong team. So yeah, yeah. pretty much strongest team he could. But Charlton next in the EFL Cup, so maybe he saw that as the one where maybe he can, he can rest a few ready for Man City uh, a week on Saturday. So Ag uh, backed Aaron Collins. He uh, he failed to score, and then lastly I backed Whitaker of Plymouth, uh, and he didn't make the match day squad. So as betting rules, that would be a void bet. So we are we are avoiding that one going forward. So that's the scorers, and onto the wild cards. That skin you backed Plymouth. So uh, that uh, that one didn't come in, unfortunately, mate. No, uh, no, uh, bless him. But Bolton were the better side looking at the stats anyway. So yes, yes, it was uh, definitely was justified with. Class as wild card. I know we was a bit of debating about that at the time, weren't we? Thinking obviously because Plymouth being top of the league, but it wasn't to be. Uh, Ag, you back Wrexham, mate. Well done. Made yes. up for your uh, Forest pick slightly, I guess. Slightly. Got any, anything to say? About nice that one? No, no, I, I think Wrexham to win away at Coventry is a much, much better pick. Uh, yeah pick, pick than uh, Forest to win away. Yeah, you're probably right. I think probably we probably wouldn't have argued it yeah. as much, would we, on the preview if he'd have gone, I'm having Wrexham, and he'd be like, no, we wouldn't have argued it as much as him picking Forest. Yeah. Uh, myself backed Chef Wednesday, who beat oh. Newcastle 2-1. I'm quite happy with that one, I must admit. It's an unreal pick, mate. Well done. Thank you very much. And last, but definitely not least, was Mr. Kemp with Burnley. Another another very solid pick. Come on! And, uh, yeah, so just to recap on the football, that was... Or shall I wait until? Uh, shall I wait until we've we've done a whole? Yeah, whole we lot? can do. Yeah, yeah, we can do all one. Yeah. yeah, we'll do. We'll do all one then. So I'll uh, skip it for now Save then, it. and uh, we'll come back to you when uh, when we reveal the uh, the NFL locks. Right then, just before we do go on to the NFL locks, you may recall the debut of the listener locking last week. Skin. We do. Um, yes. Who is it we've got coming in this week? Well, um, we've got Jason Young joining us this week uh, for this week's yes, show. Jason will be joining us to uh, talk a bit, little bit about Liverpool and their season so far, and then same as Kerry getting to the lock scorers wildcards, and we'll give him three games to predict the scores for. Uh, but as I said, there, Kerry in face so six players or six questions, should I say, last week um, to enter himself into our competition, our listener locking leaderboard, and he has started with. To be honest, quite a low bar for the yeah. rest of our <laughs> listeners and the rest of our entrants to uh, join. So Bless I think it's been a, been a bit him. rough if he come in and hit six points on the first go, wasn't it? But uh, yeah, his luck was Newcastle, which, as we've just mentioned, uh, lost a bit of back and forth between him and Sam, with Sam picking Chef Wednesday as a wild card. But Sam is on the podcast because he's the one that knows who's, what he's talking about, <laughs> and that's why he's here. And Kerryon was just a guess. Um, he had the scorer is Mitrovic, who didn't play, so he doesn't. It's not classed as a, a win or a loss like ours because it's just obviously a point system. Uh, wild card was Middlesbrough, which I had as my backup for wild cards, but they got Ooh. surprisingly battered by Brighton. Um, so that's another cross there. He had Newcastle, which, like I said, were his lock to beat Sheffield Wednesday 2 0. They didn't. He had Man City to beat Chelsea 2 0, which they didn't. They did win, but it was a 4 0 win. Quite convincing. And Chelsea's struggle gets even worse. And the one point that he did get this week was that Friday night game between Manchester United and Everton. Manchester United 3, Everton 1. So that very late penalty not only secured the tick for me but also for Kerouin as well. So Kerouin kicks off our listener locking leaderboard and will sit there as the leader on one point. But I'm sure Jason will be licking his lips at the opportunity to uh, be sitting top of that come this time next week. 
Yeah, good effort on the uh, on the score to be fair, United. Yeah, not bad at all. Okay, in just a few moments' time, we'll be back to discuss the conclusion of the regular season of the National Football League. Welcome back to episode 20 of Loaded Sport, where we talk now about the conclusion of the NFL regular season, starting with what happened on Sunday night football between Green Bay and Detroit. Sam, I'm afraid we do. Well, what what, what more can I say? We're, we're a bit of a joke, aren't we? So we, we come fighting tooth and nail to get in the position we are right now. We beat the Dolphins in Miami. We absolutely tear the Vikings a new one. And all of a sudden, everyone's believing. We've even, we've even got skin saying we look like form team in NFC and no one wants to play us. He's backing them on his bets. And there's a bit of a feel-good factor. Rodgers has had a new fade. So all of a sudden, people are starting to believe. It's Lambeau, cold night, under the floodlights. And we lay an absolute fucking egg. It was, it was a disgraceful performance. I can't say anything else other than that. It was... We couldn't get the run game going against a very poor Lions run D. Rogers missing throws left, right, and centre. He threw a god awful. He threw an interception, obviously that like counted, and then he he threw one that you lot probably wouldn't have seen if you didn't watch the game. I stayed up till five, by the way, to watch this. Uh, so a bit ratty all day today, uh, but yeah, he threw another interception um, that was just inexplicable. Uh, and luckily, we got um, illegal use of hands, hands to the face, defensive flag, and that got turned back. Uh, one thing I can take silver lining is Watson seems to be the real deal. I think he, he seems to be the guy that we uh, we thought he would be coming out of the draft. So that's that's literally the only positive I'm taking from the game. Defense far too soft when it mattered. We played uh, we played some aggressive stuff, especially past defense of late. And soon as um, soon as it you know it come down to when we really needed it, they just started playing soft and just reverting to uh, reverting to. Default, as, as Ken would say, I can't think of the the term he normally uses. Reverting back to type, I think, is the uh, the, t- the thing he normally goes with. A Gareth Southgate, uh, Aaron Jones had his annual big game fumble. He's always got one in him. Always, he can be an absolutely brilliant player. He can be one of the best offensive players in the league, and he will always have a big game fumble at least once per year. So we had that great time to great game to do it in. Uh, Matt Lafleur, ridiculous. Coaching calls, and we went for it on fourth and two on our own 30 in the first half. I think it was 6 3 at the time, and we're going from fourth and two. Didn't get it. Detroit Lions straight away set up in an in instant goal to go position, essentially. Um, I think the actual play call he, he went for was fourth and two. We went for an end around, so it's essentially a, almost a jet sweep, and he chose Alan Lazard to run it, the slowest receiver we have on the team. Couldn't get it, um, couldn't get it, Watson, who was one of the quickest players in NFL. A uh, couple of bad drops from AJ Dillon, Romeo Dubs, Costner's moving chains, just all around bad football. And then I think what just epitomised the entire game was Quay Walker, the rookie uh, middle linebacker. Inexcusable, getting ejected from the game for his discipline. Second time this season, he uh, just there was an injury down on the field. Uh, one of the Lions coaching staff come on and he's just pushed him. He's absolutely not been provoked whatsoever and he's just pushed him. Uh, referees seen it, chucked a flag for obviously a 15-yard penalty. 
they went to go on to carry on with the game and they're saying in commentary in the booth, they're saying, I think they went to, um, who's the guy that they normally have, the referee assistant who, who stands with them, um, who, who's in New York, I can't remember his name now. And he was saying like, they should be ejected him for this because they've, they've all been told about it and then they, they had to pause the game again and, and lo and behold, Quay Walker was ejected from the game. So that round, middle linebacker gone and they, they just, as soon as he went down, they will just, they gash us through that middle. Second time this year, as I say. So we we just need someone, a veteran player just needs to take him under his wing or something and just and tell him what's what because it's not acceptable. And a game of that magnitude with that much riding on it, just to lose your head like that, it was such poor discipline. And it it just it did just epitomise our entire performance. Rogers has uh, gone walking off into sunset with his arm around Randall Cobb down tunnel. It's looking, I mean, if you had to make a, a guess after what you've seen last night, it's looking that he would probably retire. He made a couple of comments that makes you think that. He also, I think the the rookie Lions rookie wide receiver went up to him to swap his jersey, and Rogers just said, "I think I'm going to keep hold of this one." So obviously had some kind of value, sentimental value to him, and yeah, just not good enough, not good enough. So onwards and upwards. The, the silver lining is that I haven't got to stay up for stupid o'clock anymore and watch them. Uh, we can get feet up and look forward to NFL draft. We're half decent draft draft position and uh, hopefully try and improve next year with or without Rodgers. Yeah. I, I didn't get to see the entirety of the game. I started to watch the beginning of it. Fell asleep, of course, with the Seahawks winning. It meant there was a lot on that game. The Lions win would mean we'd make the playoffs. Obviously, that happened. Yeah. Um, a lot of, I think a lot of that just came down to the fact that I was surprised that the Lions went ahead and beat you, to be fair. And from what you oh, said, God, yeah. you were as well. Um, of course. At the same point, I was surprised that it took us till overtime to to see off the Rams, which has lost a lot of confidence in what was already very minimal anyway for what we've <laughs> got going into the playoffs. Because now we get the luxury of playing Sam Fran again, who've destroyed us twice this season and will probably go for it on the third attempt. So they've got effectively yeah. a buy through anyway, so they don't have to worry about it. But yeah, we're in the you playoffs. Know. We've got a uh, we've got the fifth the number five pick because Denver are shit, so that helps. Um, and we're looking like we're going to get potentially a top 20, I think it's going to be. I'm not sure if the maths I've done there is right or not. Yeah, um, that's an, that were another kicking teeth, to be honest, as well. When um, Just before I went to bed, just had a quick look, and that's when all the tweets started coming out about, obviously, the schedule set, and I seen that it was the, the Seahawks Niners at half nine on Saturday night. I thought, honestly, yeah. that is literally the sweetest, sweetest gig that you could possibly get. And we couldn't do it, and that that was like a bit of a kicking balls just to go to bed on. I thought that that could have been us, and we just didn't deserve it. So yeah, good on you. I, um, I will be cheering on Seattle to beat the Niners because Niners always do us over. So it'd be nice to see if you can do them. Hopefully, I'm yeah. going to uh, just very quickly um, argue your point of the sweetest gig at half nine. I'm sure Helena Aggie is absolutely fuming <laughs> with that spot, considering you've cancelled date night now, so you can watch it. But uh, we've done a deal. Just we've done a play deal. devil's advocate. I've got that. to go shopping on Sunday to make up for it. So she sits and watches <laughs> the football. Right. I get to go walking around town shopping on the Sunday. So you, you... I hope you're tired and miserable, mate. But then I suppose that won't be any different from yeah, the other day. That, that means they've won. They've won and he's found out this the Monday night football <laughs> divisional <laughs> game or something. So he's fuming, can't win. Um, whilst the playoffs were all summed up, we have had news that's broke since then of two dismissals in the NFL. One goes for the number two overall pick, the Houston Texans, who have uh, let go of uh, Lovey Smith. Uh, Kemp, we'll start with you and your thoughts on uh, 
Lovey Smith's dismissal? I think it's not unexpected, um, especially when the Texans looked like they were really going for it and, uh, you know, sort of won themselves away from the, the number one overall pick and handed it to the Chicago Bears. Um, it, it was a strange move. It wasn't one that I'm, I was upset with, uh, as the, we'll get on to shortly. Um, but, yeah, I think when you saw that, you, you thought, or at least I thought, and we discussed it as well, that the writing was probably on the wall. If he was part of the future plans, if he was part of the rebuild that they obviously do need, I can't think of really many Texans players, if any, that deserve to stay on that roster. Um, but but yeah, you know, I think the writing was on the wall at that point, and um, I wasn't surprised when the news came through today. I think it is a little bit harsh, and I think he probably knew about it before their last game. Um, You'd think so. Yeah, but I think I think the writing was on the wall. I think it's a little bit harsh because he, he did come into a franchise that has been a dumpster fire pretty much all season and and got them playing some some decent football. They didn't get many wins, but you know it would have been a miracle if they'd have got more than what three four wins, which is what they got in the end. Um, but yeah, you know, unfortunate. But hopefully he's he's given a good account of himself and uh, and he can get a decent job in the NFL, whether as it be a an offensive or defensive coordinator or or another head coach role somewhere. So, yeah, fingers crossed for him. Yeah. Mm. He's not... Yeah. I'm going to say, yeah, he's. it's been a bit of a surprise for me. I thought that it was just going to be a case of they go again and, and stick with the same guy that, that's kind of worked... They should have done. They definitely them. should have done that. I think that, like Kemp says, he's given a very good account for himself. I don't think it's the last we're going to see of him in Oh, I'm not saying for one second that the Texans should have done what they did. Mm. I'm just saying You're not surprised. It, it was likely that they were going to do that. Uh, but yeah, if, you, if you're the Texans, I, I'm not quite sure why the decision has been made. Maybe they just want a complete refresh. I know they're talking about getting rid of the GM as well. I don't know if that's the case or if they that's need happened. To. He's shocking. Maybe, maybe they just want a complete gutting, and I sort of get that. But yeah, it's unfortunate when he's when he's done as well as he has. Well, the two for two, aren't they? Last year and this year, they had that and David Cully brilliant. last year. Yeah, no, no, it's that, not. It's not brilliant. It's shit. No, no, two for two. No, no, say, oh, I thought you meant. Sorry, I thought you meant. Yeah. Never yeah, mind. I'm, I'm saying that every every year they're just hiring a new a new head coach and giving them a year yeah. to run. It's, no, it's, no, it's, it's not the way me. to go. It's not the way yeah. to go at all. Yeah. David Cully the year before, Lovey Smith. I thought I honestly thought because Lovey Smith was the defensive coordinator while David Cully was the uh, the head coach, and I thought because he's been in, he's had an head, co- head coaching gig a few times, um, Lovey Smith, and and I quite like him. I must admit, he's a good de- good defensive guy. He's got a fucking wonderful beard. Yes. Um, and I, you can't expect anybody to turn that shithole around in space of a year. Um, they've got no pieces. Got, I think they've got, they've got Stingley at cornerback. And, and other than that, that that's it. It's like they're, they're completely rebuilding again. And the one thing they had to pin their hopes on was the number one overall pick. And they fucked that up. So you're right, Kem. I will be amazed if Lovey Smith didn't know going into that game, he was already at his head on the block. Because if he didn't, it, they went for a two-pointer. With the, essentially the last play of the game, you just get tell your quarterback to fucking overthrow that pass, and you've got the number one overall pick. You've got the entire off season to who's going to be the cornerstone of our franchise for the next ten years. You've got that in your hands. Instead, they're now playing. They're now having to play the game of who the, who do you think the Bears are going to pick, or what the Bears are going to do, or who's going to trade up at Bears. Should we trade up at Bears just to stop someone leapfrogging us? They've got all that now, all that that headache in the off season. When all they needed to do was one incompletion away, and they would all be in their hands. I think it's they should just... have fired Lovey before the game, no. so that you can get somebody in who's who's well, a, yeah, just you a, know what? Just, yes. a co- just a coordinator yes. and just say, yes. "Listen, we want the number one overall pick 100%. going through the game." 
because if they did tell Lovey and he's saying, right, you can fuck. I'm yeah. gonna do. I'm gonna try yeah. and win this game. Give myself stock, yeah. and you can fuck off with number one overall pick. Yeah. Then again, I'm. I'd. I'd do the exact same thing as he did. So if you tell him before the game, then you can obviously get that vibe. It's like right, okay, we need to get rid of him because we're gonna fuck the number one overall pick here, or you wait until after the game and you fire him after the game. But yeah, there's no way in my opinion that they didn't tell him now like before the game. And that's no. a massive mistake because like you say, they, 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 they did everything in their power to win. And that's, that's cost them. From top to bottom for the, the owner, the GM, the coach, they should all be on the same page. They should have all had a meeting pre-game and said, look, we're losing this game. We've, we've got a future is essentially riding on this. Um, if you're not in, you know, there's the door essentially, and it, they should have they should have sacked him, like as you say, a couple of days before the game. Uh, got the, got an offensive coordinator who knows they're going to lose the game. You put your third string quarterback in and just let him butcher it, and it's it's not an odd thing to do. It really, and it's a business at the end of the day. I, I, I don't think anyone stood there applauding the Texans today, saying, "Oh, you fought to the end, well done, you beat a, you beat a really bad Indianapolis Colts," because no one's thinking that. They're all thinking you fucking idiots. No, it's a fucking stupid decision. Yeah, it were, it were I mean, they they ridiculous. they got my wild card over the line for me, but I still think they're fucking stupid. <laughs> yeah, it's um, I, I've got no sympathy for them whatsoever, and 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 I don't I don't blame any of this by the way on Lovis Smith. Lovis Smith did what, like you say, what any one of us would have done. If you're told you're out of there, you're thinking, right, well, fuck you lot, then I'm gonna go and win that game and show the rest of the NFL that I can still win a game with this shit that I'm coaching. And I think fair play to him, he should have been sacked once he got his opinion on what he wants to do. Yeah, well, that decision's been made and it isn't the only dismissal that we've seen on the back of yesterday's results. Uh, Cliff Kingsbury has also left the Arizona Cardinals. So, Skin, we'll start with you and your thoughts on uh, Kingsbury going. Well, it's going to cost him a lot of money, isn't it? He was signed on a contract for another, what, four seasons on a relatively healthy pay scale. So they've put out a lot of money up front to move on from him and I'm not really sure what the what the future looks like for him. Kyler Murray has had a lot of injuries this season, so it's not really featured too much. Um so yeah, they've they've got unlike the Texans, they have got a lot of good pieces. They've got a lot of good players. They're just unfortunate that they're playing in a quite a strong division. San Fran have been the team that they've been this season. Rams we know we've had a, a down year, but a lot of that has been contributed well, the contributing factor towards that has been the injuries they've suffered. Seahawks have surprised a lot of people this year, and as we've discussed, have made the playoffs and have got good draft position to get even stronger for next season. So, yeah, it's it's a a bit of a crossroads, I think, for the Cardinals and and what this off season looks like. Who they're gonna who they're gonna pick up? Who you know? What kind of players are they gonna look for? They they've lost JJ Watt now, who's who's retired, and and he's gonna be a big loss in that defense, not necessarily in what he can deliver on the stat line, but what he provides from a, a leadership perspective. So, yeah, it's going to be, I think Cardinals are going to be in for another season or two of uh, not-so-great performances and records, personally. I mean, he's, he's, he's never done very well, has he? I think he had one good season yeah. in, um, a in Arizona. Jobs, weren't they, a bit any times Massive. Decent... Yeah, massive battle jobs. He always started the season really strong and then just faded away. And it was exactly the same in, in college. He brought that with him. And Kyler Murray's record echoes that as well. I mean, he's um, below 500 as, as a coach in the NFL. I think he's at 0.4 in win percentage. He had four seasons. So his first season, he went 5-10. and 10. 
Second season went eight and eight. His third season was by far his best, eleven and six. Made the playoffs, but then just did absolutely nothing. I think they got battered in that that first uh, wild card game, and then this year finished four and thirteen. So, yeah, never uh, he's never done done too well, and I can't blame Arizona for moving on at all. Okay, let's move on to the locks of the week and the wild card results, and we'll get, of course, the final results of both football and the NFL combined, Sam. Okay, so here we go. Locks of the week. We'll start with Mr. Skin, as always. And he went... Remember website on... Uh, it every, time, every time I say Mr. Skin, that's exactly what I think of. <laughs> uh, yeah, he went for my Green Bay Packers. Um, oh, mate, the, the fucking sell I gave it as well. What a twat I look now. I know. We'll get that clipped and uh, get that out of there. That definitely gave some traction, I think. Uh, I don't know what's happened, mate, but for some reason it, it went on our Spotify page earlier or YouTube. I don't know what's happened to it. <laughs> Mysteriously vanished. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so he's, he's picked Green Bay there. Um, Ag's gone for the Chiefs, who, of course, um, got the dub. Just give me one second there. Who did the Chiefs play? Well, they yeah, beat, beat Ring of Roses as well, didn't they? Uh, ah, they were called, they called out, though, for holding, weren't it? I couldn't believe yeah. it. Yes, you're absolutely right there, the Raiders. Um, I went for the Niners, who won last night against the Cardinals. Absolutely battered them 38-13. So that's, uh, just, to, just to clarify, that's me getting both of my fucking locks right, by well the way, done. ladies and gentlemen. The only one that's done moment. that this week. Well done. Historic. Historic mm-hmm. moment. Um, and Mr. Kemp has gone for the Chargers, bless him. The Chargers was in a weird game against the Broncos. They had not neither team had anything to play for really. Um, they put full was, strength side out though, so yeah, that gave just, uh, that gave him a chance. Didn't yeah, it? I was just about to say Staley went with a full strength side, which has now come under question after quite a few injuries. Yeah, um, Matt Williams has got quite uh, anti. Got, got to yeah, off. it looks looks quite serious to be honest. Um, and yeah, the Broncos won 31-28, so a bit of an upset yeah. there. Um, what you got to say for yourself there, Mister Kemp? Well, the, uh, silly decision. It really was. But like you said, there was no neither of team had anything to play for. Um, I was really delighted when I saw the Chargers had gone full strength. But then yeah, you know, woke up in the middle of the night to see that they'd, they'd lost by a by a hair's breadth. So uh, oh. yeah, I'm a bit fuming for my, with myself that I didn't go for the Eagles because you know um, I think everybody saw that one coming, and I don't, and I saw that one coming as well. So I don't know why I didn't go for that. But hey, here's <laughs> what it is: locks, locks yeah, weren't my strong point this week, but. I got, you know, I hit another strong point this week. You made up for it, mate. You did, you did. We'll get to that one. Uh, so moving on to scorers, then uh, again, not not so hot. So only one of us got uh, got this one right. Um, Dawson, you went for Aaron Jones at the time. I was a little bit iffy on this one. Obviously, he'd only got two rushing touchdowns all year, as you mentioned. Yeah, uh, and we just we just couldn't get that running game going. And it, he, to be honest with you, he never looked like he was going to score. If we was going to score a touchdown, it was going to be through the air. Run game was just completely shut down. Um, Ag, you back for Swift. So the other the other running back of Detroit, and I think collectively at the, at the time we all said you've gone for the run running back there. You should have gone. For yeah, the I think Williams was your backup, weren't he, Sam? I think well, yeah. you mentioned. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I said um, I said I've gone for CMC and Williams, and I said I'm very confident they'll both score this weekend. Nailed it. That's not the rule, so I couldn't what, get what a week you had. I know, very confident. So yeah, Swift didn't come in. Um, I went for CMC, Christian McCaffrey. That's a nice big green tick for me. And Mr. Kemp went for the King Derek Henry, and uh, another one that that uh, that let him down. So yeah, oh, one of lots, lots of yards and lots of carries, but no touchdown. Which no is what touchdown, matters. unfortunately. So one of four for us on uh, on scores in the NFL this week. So yes, could definitely uh, 
I think it's the most difficult week though this week, especially oh, because, by far, by far. Not not just in the NFL, but in football as well, because you've got the the NFL the teams were resting players going into the playoffs or whatever. Yeah. And then in the FA Cup, you never know who's going to start, and you don't, you never know. Yeah. I think who's I said not, that so. though. Previous yeah. show that it was, yeah. it was very tough week, very tough week. You, you're, def- you're dead right there. Uh, moving on to wild cards, then uh, this is um, a nice little pick me up because we all did uh, pretty well on this one actually. So Dawson, you Hello. went for the Panthers. Yes, baby. They uh, they obviously beat the Saints in a, probably looks like the worst NFL game in, in all, of all time. Ten. They won, mate, despite their quarterback completing five passes. So I will take the double points for that this week, please. You'll take all that. I'll take all that <laughs> and more. Um, Adam, bless him, got it wrong. Only wanted to get his wild card wrong this week. Um, he went for the Bears, who got absolutely mauled, pun intended, by the my thinking, Vikings. Uh, the Vikings. Vikings, yeah. Of it was. I, when I saw that Fields weren't playing. I thought, yeah, I've, I've shot myself in the foot with this one. <laughs> that was the moment Adam realised that he fucked yeah, up. Yeah, you realised Bears were taking it seriously when we put number one pick on like the Texans. Um, and last, not, not not last, sorry, uh, then I picked the Detroit Lions, which again, when I picked it at the time, there was some audible gasps, went against my boys, and yeah, I was unfortunately right. And then Kemp, at the last but not least, picked the Texans, and as we've just mentioned, they they beat the Colts and uh, fucked themselves up by losing that number one overall pick. So yeah, donkey three pick a- only followed up by a donkey performance. <laughs> and I said, and I said in the preview that it was going to be a donkey game. You did. That's what You're right. <laughs> You're right. So the final scores for this week is Skin is on three of six. Ag Ooh. and Kemp are both are tied. Oh, sorry, I should have started at these two, really. Uh, they're both tied on two out of six. And then um, Mr. White, Kemp, myself... Kemp, whoa, whoa, whoa. Save, save that for the main Wait, event. But, Kemp, okay. I just want to ask. You've had a really good week, mate, nailing both your wild cards. And I've had Thank a you, fucking mate. shit week. Yeah, I've still beat you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're talking about standards there, aren't you? Standards is the word. I think two out yeah. of six is, you know, it's my PB. So, you know, put me a bit of slack. Yeah, yeah, it is a tight PB. It's upward trend, isn't it, there? That's all that uh, That's all that we can ask for at this point. That's it, mate. Anyway, Sam, um, take the credit, and take the anyway, glory, take the spotlight, take the yes. fucking headlines. So if you give me that crown right now, boys, and uh, sort your little spreadsheet out and may as well sign me off as the winner already... Um, five of five, five of five. Obviously, it should have been should have been of six, but but due to the um, Whitaker not um, not being a part of the match day squad, that's void. So instead of six, it is five, which means I get a full score, five out of five. I think. Correct me if I'm wrong. That's the first time that's happened. That is the only time, mate, that yeah. that has happened. I can imagine it being quite a long time until it's repeated, if it ever is at all. So well done, mate. Awesome. Well, well done. thank you well very done, much. Mate. Yeah, thanks, boys. I, uh, yeah, yeah. That's, that's is this everything. the moment that where you retire from the show? Got to it, hasn't it? It's just uh, yeah. I was just about to say you've retired. Uh, he's retired, man with the mic, and you've retired. Find the final question. So I think it's only natural that I follow it with my full retirement after getting five <laughs> of five. Love it. Okay, that is. Pleasure. Yes, that's all we've got time for for episode 20. We'll be back later in the week where Jay will be tackling the listener lock-in. Bye! Bye!